It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. We talked about the Giants, you know, at 6-1. and one. They lost today to the Seahawks. Seahawks still have first place in the NFC West, which mm-hmm. is yikes. But, again, the 49ers, 3-0 and in the NFC West. They've got three games left. Yep. Um, and so... You know, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not really super worried about about the Seahawks, but Geno Smith is playing incredibly well. Pete Carroll has that team overachieving. You know, we'll see how things go for them down the stretch. But yeah, Kenneth Walker, he, is gonna be Kenneth really Walker, good, yeah, he looks player. like the real deal. He looks, yeah, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, he. I'm not gonna say he's the second coming of of, of Beast Mode, but he's he looks pretty damn good. So yeah, he, he stays um, healthy. He's gonna be for a long Yeah, time. their whole. Their whole draft class, they hit an absolute home oh, run. Yep, yep. You know, with two two rookie tackles who are playing incredibly well. You've got Kenneth Walker. You've got two uh two late round uh corners that you're starting, right? That are playing well. Like they just they they're having a hell of a a run right now. But you look at this this NFC and you gotta think as you look around that locker room, you gotta look at the the rest and go, who's better than us? Who legitimately, who is better than, who has more talent, who has more talent in their locker room than us? And I, I don't know that there is a team in the NFC that does. You could argue the the Eagles, the Eagles look pretty good and and Hertz is playing really well. Um, You know, and the Eagles have the same kind of defensive line the 49ers do, but but a better offensive line, arguably. Yeah, so, that's the thing with the Eagles. The Eagles are really good in the trenches. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and the Eagles got some serious playmakers and the quarterbacks playing well. The Eagles, to me, right now are the class of the NFC for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like I like Dallas, I think, more than Dallas some looked people good. do. Dallas looked I just good think I just think when they're really, really hitting in all cylinders, they could be a dangerous team. And I know Dallas has been disappointment after disappointment every season, and I don't love McCarthy as a head coach, but they have a couple studs on that defense. You know, Michael Parsons is a is a game changer. Um, mm-hmm. Dak looked pretty good today. They have weapons when everything gets going. I like, you know, they have Gal. I, I think Dallas is tough. Um, it's hard. It's hard for me. I don't, I'm not afraid of the Packers. I'm not ever afraid of the Packers. How many times do we have to see the same story with them? Even if they do get it together this year, I'll always be afraid of the Bucks, just because they, I know they look awful right now, but Tom Brady's Tom Brady and they do have weapons and the mm-hmm. defense is good. I don't buy Minnesota. So, yeah, I mean, the Niners can really Philly is the only team that I would be like, eh, you know, they might get steamrolled by them. But the division is going to be interesting to me. It really is. I think the Cardinals kind of garbage. I think the Rams are garbage. But I can see Seattle sticking around and winning 10 games. I can. So the Niners have to take care of their business on their end, too. And they have to do it. They're they're talented enough to do it. If you told if you told me, Brian, the Niners finished, what are they, four losses? If they finished 12 and five, I'd be like, I won't be surprised. If you told me they finished ten and seven, I wouldn't be surprised. But you told me nine and eight, I wouldn't be surprised. I have no idea with this team, none, absolutely none. But um, yeah. w- one thing you mentioned too, like with in terms of the expectations, like yeah, you just made a huge trade for one of the at the running back position, uh, top three difference maker. You know, he's he's unbelievable when he's healthy. So yeah, you're going for it, and you have guys like Kittle and Williams. They don't have that long left. They really don't couple years, you know, the way Kittle plays that he's going to be able to play at this level. If you get two or three good more years out of him, you know, elite years out of him, you're happy. Yeah. They have to win now. This is a win now team. So I agree with that for sure. And you also mentioned Brandon Ayuk. 
he is really coming into his own. His mm-hmm. last three games, Brian, 11 targets, eight catches, 83 yards, two touchdowns. 11 targets, seven catches, 82 yards, no touchdowns. And today, or uh, we're recording this on a Sunday, obviously. So in week eight, six catch, six targets, six catches. He caught all his targets, 81 yards in the score that he caught from McCaffrey. Yep. And he looks, he looks like he's getting open. He looks fast. He looks reliable. He looks like he's really coming along as that he can be like a 1A type guy. Again, when you add him with Kittle and Debo and McCaffrey, how don't you score 30 points a game? Right. How don't you do it? Right. And you that's, know, so it's, yeah. It's that's exciting. The, that's the thing, yeah. It's it's exciting, and we'll see again. Talk to me in a month. But today was a good sign anyway, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah, you know, honestly, what Ayuk looks like to me is the number one wide receiver, right? And And I know that we're paying Debo a ton of money, and I get that. But you look at Debo and you go, ah, Debo is an offensive weapon. And I know that sounds ridiculous to say, but that is the value that he brings to this team. Mm-hmm. He brings this idea of positionless football, which Christian McCaffrey also brings. So yep. now all of a sudden you've got, you've got a, a movable chess piece in Debo Samuel. And, and then you add a, a second one in Christian McCaffrey and you create all kinds of hell for, for opposing defensive court. There's no telling where either one of those guys is going to line up and wherever they line up, they are elite right at that, at, at that spot. You know, even when you, even, even when you send Christian McCaffrey out wide, he's an elite pass catcher. Like he just yeah. is, he's an elite pass catcher. His only problem is he's short. I, I honestly, I don't know how his dad is well, his dad was like six over six feet tall, right? Yeah, it's like guy, crazy yeah. to me. Pretty sure. It's, it's yeah, it's crazy to me that that Christian doesn't even tip the scales at six foot. But regardless, he's he's elite there, right? And then even if you bring Debo into the backfield, he has proven to be elite there as well. So now you've, like I said, you've got these two movable chess pieces, and then you've got Brandon Ayuk, who is a true like number one wide receiver. He runs phenomenal routes. He's got those long arms. He, uh, he, his hands are good, right? He's got some drops, but he catches the majority of the balls that come his way. Uh, he's shifty with the ball in his hands. He's great after the catch, you know, he is all of these things. And so, you know, honestly, I think, I think he is, you know, he is the X receiver in this, in this offense and then McCaffrey and Debo are kind of interchangeable wherever you want them on the uh, within the the formation. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, they're going to you know, they're going to give him his fifth year option. That will be a decision they have to make at the end of this year. I would hope so. Not hard to not hard to not hard to see them doing that. It'll be interesting to see if they try and sign him long term with the kind of money that they're paying Debo, the kind of money that they're paying. Kittle, right? Uh, the kind of money that they're paying um, McCaffrey. Although I think McCaffrey will will restructure after this year, uh, because only a million of that contract is guaranteed, and so it it really anyway because you know they would turn that into signing bonus and it would lower cap hits for the 49. Like it would just it works for both sides, um, and so I I would expect that. And then again, you know you're going to be given Nick Bosa probably north of thirty million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got all of these things that are happening. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see from a roster building perspective, if Ayuk remains a 49 or long-term or, you know, do they look to maybe flip him for, 
you know, for, for, to recoup some, some draft capital. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not because there's no one else on this roster that could, that could take over for what, you know, what he provides them. But, and he's the type of dude. Yeah. And you look at like a Christian Kirk, for example, like, yeah, got paid a ton. Ayuk may not be a guy, and I don't know if he's known nationally. He's probably not somebody that, I don't know, like people play like fantasy football that people would think, like, oh, he's a legit receiver, but, but he is. And I think if he ever hit the open market, you would see that. I think he would get paid. Sure. And I think he, I think he probably knows that. Like if you put him on a team, like my God, like imagine if, if he was on like the Chiefs or something, you know, he would put up big numbers <laughs> yeah. or a more yeah. pass heavy team. He really would put up really, really serious numbers. I think he's doing it this year. You know, he's probably, if he stays in this tra- trajectory, going to be about 80 catches, a thousand yards, you know, maybe eight or nine touchdowns. And when you consider all the mouths this team has to feed, that's, that's really good. And I think he can go to another team and, and, be a 90 100 catch guy and and yeah, i think he's that i i think oh, he's 100%. that good i really do 100%. so i think he's going to get paid somewhere and it, it is interesting they should they should pick up his option and then kind of see where you go from there so what is that two years uh maybe 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 they move on from kittle you know maybe they find money elsewhere if debo breaks out or i'm sorry if Ayuk breaks out yeah it's going to be interesting to see, but it's a good problem to have right now. But again, they have. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, we talk yeah. about like all these people like, oh, they're, they're so good. This is a good problem to have. They got to put it together on the field. They're still four and four at the end of the day, dude. Right. There's you know no reason I mean? this game should be four and four. Right. Right. I mean, no. you should, you know, you're playing the Falcons and the Bears. You, sh- you shouldn't be four and four. You lose to the Chiefs. Great. I, I thought Denver might have been a loss anyway, even though Denver sucks. But like, we didn't know that. Fine you got to be better than, than four and four. And, and in the second half of the season, they have to play that way. Yeah. I, at the beginning of the season, I predicted six and two going into the bye, And then they, you know, and they lost two of the games that I anticipated that they would win, which was the bears and the Falcons. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I thought that they would, I think uh, I picked them to lose to the chiefs. And I think I picked them to, I, I believe I picked them to lose to the Broncos again, pre, preseason starting right right so it's really those two losses those two losses to the bears and falcons which are really inexcusable but uh but let's also say the nfc south leading atlanta falcons (laughs) isn't that crazy (laughs) they yeah they beat the yeah that by the way the end of that panthers game yikes dj Moore, my man before before we go i want to talk about stupid coaching decisions oh yeah yes because you know i'm watching all the games and like i just so the first, the first one I want to talk about is this Rams thing. So they clearly were, they were folding up and going home at the end of the game. Two minutes left, they're running the football. You're down 31 to 14. Why in God's name on the last play of the game would you throw a screen pass to Cooper Cup? Why? And he got hurt. And we, I don't think he yeah, seriously yeah. hurt. Got his ankle rolled up. Yeah, I hope not because he's on my fantasy team. But <laughs> one of my fantasy teams. But that's the dumbest thing in the world. If you're punting there and you have no, you have zero chance to come back. Why is your best player even on the field? Just stupid. And the other thing I saw today was the Colts, the Colts started um Sam Ellinger, right? They benched Matt mm-hmm. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Ellinger comes in, he's young, he can move. So the Colts, you know, they played pretty crappy on offense, but they were in a really good spot to win the game. And at this point, I think it was six to six and they do a little shovel pass to Pittman and he's tackled on the, it was like the one inch line. Like he was just barely in. So again, you have this mobile quarterback, right? Just sneak the ball, man. Just get it and, and fall forward. If he doesn't get it, just do it again. 
they right. run a shotgun run and lose two yards and kick a field goal and they end up losing the game. The defense blew it at the end, but still you should have never been in that position. Frank Reich is a moron. I think he's one of the most overrated coaches in the league. He just makes stupid decisions week after week. You just see these coaches like yeah. it's so infuriating if they just do, if they don't try not to outsmart themselves. I just miss good old fashioned football. The, go- the balls on the one yard line or the half yard line to sneak it in, just score. Why are you in a shotgun or doing just sneak, sneak the ball in. You're going to score. Uh, this is infuriating watching some of these games. I was going to say Kyle Shanahan called a QB sneak on, it was third and one, but really it was like Long. third and 1.9, right? That was the longest one yard I've ever seen in my life. And they nailed it, right? Because that's Jimmy Garoppolo's elite at quarterback sneaks. But great sneaker, yeah. <laughs> but uh, sneaker. but yeah, the other thing, the other thing that you know, speaking of of coaching decisions, uh, again, why is Christian McCaffrey continuing to get handoffs when the game is 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 essentially over? Why are yes, you running him into the line? Yep. Um, why I don't? Why? TV why you have Ty Davis Price? You've got yeah. Let's get or Jeff Wilson Jr. Shoot, give Jeff Jeff Wilson Jr. the ball, right? Like. Right. Get Christian McCaffrey out of the game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, let's get Mooney Ward out of the game, right? He's still ailing a little bit. Like, there's some things where I'm like, eh, come on, guys. Like, I know that as fans, you know, we are not football coaches. And, and football coaches say, like, you know, football players play football, right? And I get that. But there's something about for, – for a, for, a, for a coach like Kyle Shanahan, who, has risk, who is as risk-averse as he is, Mm-hmm. To continue to see some of these decisions about players being in when the game is, you know, over essentially, it just kind of baffles me a little bit. But, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I'm shoot, I think Frank Wright could lose his job at the end of this season because they have been oh, horrendous. They have been absolutely, they are, uh, time. So, yeah, that's, that's tough. But, you know, this is a, a 49ers podcast. So um, I think we've done our fair share of uh, trying to hold Kyle Shanahan accountable. And to end the show, I just want to say kudos to Kyle, kudos to D'Amico. This was a well-coached game. There were some aspects of it that, you know, I was a little passive aggressive on the timeline, especially in the first half with some of those penalties um, you know, this, some of the decisions that were, that were being made again, kicking that field goal. Although, you know, that, that, uh, that McCaffrey incompletion probably made going for it, you know, impossible, but, you know, I, I liked to see a little bit more aggression out of, out of Kyle. And then I liked to see, uh, D'Amico's adjustments at half. And I think it made all the difference in the world. And you ended up with a 31, 14, uh, victory over the same old sorry ass Rams. So, hey, <laughs> kudos, kudos to to Shanahan and his staff. Go under the bye, lick, you know, get healthy. I'd love to. I'm hoping Armstead is back after the bye. You know, hopefully we see Jason Verrett after the bye. Um, and 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 they're gonna go against a, a gunslinger in in Justin Herbert, and you know they're gonna have their work cut out for them. So uh, that offense is gonna have to have to come to play just like they did today. Definitely. But it's at least, hey, like I said, Brian, we'll take it. It's a good feeling, at least going into the bye, a good taste in our mouth. So absolutely we will take it. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. For Brian and Zane, this is Al. Later.